find your passion or find a job, find something to give you your purpose. Otherwise, you're going to get lost in the rest of your life. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Good morning, everybody. It's J.R. Flatter here. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Lucas. Hello. In this podcast uh, session, we have the honor of interviewing Ms. Rachel Hemmingson. Hopefully I said your name correctly. It's been a while since I said it out loud. She's a member of our coaching cohort. I think you went through boot camp what, a few months ago uh, near Salt Lake City. So if you notice a little bit better, different background from me, I'm in Sydney, Australia, teaching a series of learn, see, give seminars, three hours of learning about coaching, seeing me coach somebody, and then coaching one another. So hopefully the background's not too distracting in my hotel room at 7 in the morning. It's 7 a.m. in Sydney. So uh, just a reminder of who we're talking to, any leader of a complex organization trying to compete and succeed in the 21st century. So we talk about leadership, we talk about coaching, we talk about coach training. So today we're interested in learning from Rachel she came to us through our spouse sponsorship program. So we sponsor military spouses, regardless of where they are in the world or what the service is, they're a military spouse. We think it's a perfect profession because military spouses move around a lot with their spouse. It's hard to get a job sometimes because everybody knows you're leaving in one to three years. So that's one of the reasons, one of our coaching uh, sponsorship programs. So, Rachel, uh, you're the star of the show today, so uh, this is the part where we ask you to brag about yourself a little bit. Who are you, and where are you, and where are you going? Where are you heading? Well, I don't know where I'm headed, but I took the boot camp back in October, and I'm currently in the mentor coaching class as well. And so far, I've done a lot of coaching with like my family and my friends. I just recently got connected with a complete stranger that I am going to start coaching. Um, she is like a younger lady who's trying to figure out where she wants to go in life. So the perfect opportunity to coach her. She kind of has a career, but not something she might want to do long term. She's not reading, reaching her goals financially. So um, a really good ideal candidate where I want to go or where I see myself going is I would love to have my own business. And like you said, it moves with me um, and it can grow with me. And that's what makes it super appealing to me is that I can still do whatever my husband's job requires him to do, can move all over, can still be a mom, but also have a career for myself. So I hope coaching gives me that opportunity and I see it. It's just putting it into action. Well, I can't believe it's been all October already. That was uh, several months ago. It seems like yesterday to me. You said something interesting that I think it's important to point out, and that is you don't exactly know where you're going, but you're helping others discover where they're going. And I don't think that's unusual in the coaching profession. And, and I always go back to the analogy of Dr. Heal Thyself. 
it's never a good idea to coach yourself. And you don't have to be perfect to coach. What are your thoughts, Rachel? I actually uh, think that's what held me back for quite a while. My husband and then like Blake Manuel, who's also going through all this with or the cohorts with me, they're like, you're coaching others. Like no one has to know your personal life. And I was like, oh, that is absolutely correct. No one has to know that I don't know where I'm going, but why do I not know where I'm going? Because I don't know where my husband's career is going or what his life is going to take on. And at this point in my life, I'm kind of along for the journey with him. But I do think that like coaching could be my future and I hope it's my future. And I think it's important to know, especially in coaching, that even if my life is a hot mess, I can still help other people. It's all about like asking the right questions and the important questions and letting them figure it out for themselves. But I definitely probably still need to be coached as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have several coaches in my life. I'm a PCC coach, been coaching for a long time. Yeah, we all need coaches. Even we coach at the highest levels of leadership in government, in commercial world. I'm out here talking to entrepreneurs such as yourself. I'm out here in Australia talking to very senior leaders in very large corporations, all of whom need a coach, want a coach. It's exciting that, you know, you're a new coach. You've just gone through a boot camp. So you have that kind of that perspective that's unique versus, you know, other people that might have been on the show. So when you kind of are walking through the world with your new skills, are you seeing, you know, coaching and leadership examples in real life as you go to the store or, you know, go about your normal everyday life? I think one of the biggest changes is learning to listen to understand and not listening to respond. And I've never really understood that until taking this coaching course. And I see that in several scenarios almost every day, whether you're like talking with a friend or talking to my husband or talking to my kids or at the grocery store, just like random conversations, not being preloaded for what's going to respond, but to really like let what they're saying sink in and then have a good comment or good question to come back with. I think that is like the biggest change. And the one thing that I really like about coaching is you don't really have to know a whole lot of the backstory. It's all about like how you respond to get more information. Yeah, like that kind of active listening and not just trying to. It's kind of scary when you're live on a podcast to, okay, I can't reload and preload what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the coaching kind of has helped me. So, so talk to us about your boot camp what your thoughts were going in, what your experiences were during the, the training and then afterward. So funny story about the boot camp. I had no idea what coaching was that first day I walked in. I was that super unprepared. Like before walking out the door, my husband was like, grab a notebook. Like you're going to want a pen and paper. And I was like, I don't need a pen and paper. Like I'll be fine. And I get there. And of course, I'm one of two spouses. The rest are all active duty in uniform. And I was like, where am I? I'm so out of place. I don't know what I'm doing here. I was way underprepared. I should have grabbed that pen and notebook, but I didn't. And I was so intimidated. I know JR was like, you guys are all going to leave here. Great coaches. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even like sit here without shaking. And I kept like looking down. I was like, please don't call me. Please don't call on me. But by like day two and day three, it just felt like I was like, oh, I can do this. This is like very empowering. 
And when you do those small groups, the first one, you're like, oh gosh, I don't want to be the coach. Like, I don't want to ask the wrong questions. And then it just like comes to you, maybe not to everybody, but to me, it just felt like it just came natural. And I was like, oh, this is, this is actually really fun. Like, it's great to like learn these techniques and these tools because you can really help people without even having to know their whole backstory or who they are. So I thought it was a great experience. I thought that in classroom, I feel like makes you a little bit more uncomfortable and puts you out there more than like doing the mentor class on online. Still, I've gotten a lot out of both of them. And I even think like last week coaching on the mentor one, I was like, oh, it's getting my seat wet again. Like I have the pressure of JR on me, but I don't think you can get the same experience doing that boot camp online as you do in person. It really puts the pressure and the focus on like doing well because everyone's there watching you. My dad uses that 10 meter tower metaphor when he's talking about, okay, you're you're learning a new skill. You're you're kind of, you know, on the edge and a little scared and embarrassed. As you know, you mentioned your experience feeling all sorts of different things like at the beginning of the class. Do you think that you know, jumping off the 10 meter tower is something that you need to like do in order to learn a new skill or, you know, is it suited more towards coaching or do you see it, you know, helpful in other ways? I think that is helpful in every way. I am not a person who jumps off that 10 meter tower. I am a person who I go like one foot, let's do some research, let's feel it out. And then if it's safe, I'll do that second foot. My spouse is the complete opposite. He's like, let's jump in two feet. So it drives him insane that I like sit here and analyze it all and like, let's make sure this is right. And he's like, no, you just got to jump in. And whether that be coaching or any new endeavor you're doing, I think you just have to jump in. And that's one of the guys in the cohort for that boot camp was telling me like, nobody knows that you're scared and nervous except for you. So just do it. And I was like, you're right. I just have to show up and do it. So it's that whole like, just jump in. And then you're, you're there. The hardest part is over. Your boot camp was a custom boot camp. It was 20-something people from a particular command that we went out to Salt Lake and did it just for that group. And we do that quite a bit, actually. We did one in San Diego. We did one in Seattle. We do four scheduled boot camps a year. Another, the next one's the 28th through the 30th of April. Having gone through it uh, without any foresight into what you were getting into, what advice might you give a military spouse who's thinking about, or anybody really, coming to a boot camp, learning to be a coach? If you get the opportunity, do it. I didn't originally think I'd go anywhere with this. I was like, oh, I see how it could be helpful. I volunteer for a nonprofit, and I'm also the key spouse for my husband's squadron. And I was like, this could be really helpful with other spouses. And then going through the boot camp, I'm like, wait, I could actually make something of myself with this. I could actually be a coach and have a career and start something. And four days ago, I didn't even know what coaching was. So I would tell anyone, any kind of opportunity you have to do a boot camp to do it. You learn so much. And like I said earlier, like it even applies for your personal life, not even growing as a coach, just interacting better with others. You also talk about, you know, how coaching is becoming more valuable in the 20, you know, what do we say? The 23rd year of the 22nd century? Now the 24th. (laughs) 24th year. Um, So do you see kind of um, how the rise of, you know, remote work and 
working from home and things that we've kind of started over the last couple of years and coaching kind of like going towards this, you know, 21st century. How do you see coaching kind of advancing with that time period? In a way, I feel like coaching is a lot more flexible in receiving and giving. Like you can jump on Zoom and have a 45-minute hour coaching session in the middle of your office if you had to. So I think the flexibility of coaching is causing it to increase, but I know that there are very productive people or entrepreneurs themselves have all started like going with the coach and meeting the coach. So I think it is just going to continue to grow, especially as people realize how useful and helpful it is in that they're actually making the changes and the choices in themselves. It's not someone telling you what to do. So you've mentioned mentor coaching a couple of times. It seems like there's a difference between the boot camp and the mentor coaching. Can you tell us what that's all about from your perspective? I would say the boot camp gave you the like fundamentals where you could start coaching and run with it and be very successful. I would say the mentor coaching for me has been like fine tuning and has been like finding not necessarily your style, but where you need to improve or what tips other people who have coached a little bit can give you. Obviously, JR, you gave lots of good advice in the boot camp and continuing in the mentor, but also the mentor being a smaller class size. I feel like you just get so much more attention and really the fine tuning to perfect. I guess you can't perfect it, but perfect your own coaching, like how you feel about it. Because like I said, in the boot camp, I was super nervous. I was like, oh gosh, I never want to coach in front of this group. And then like last week after coaching in front of just a small mentor group, I was like, oh yeah, this is the same as coaching anyone else. It doesn't matter that everyone's watching you here. So I would say that'd be the difference. Yeah. So we, we have aligned ourselves to the International Coach Federation and your boot camp is the beginning, but another requirement is 10 hours of mentor coaching, which you're going through right now. Seven of those in group and then three one-on-ones that you'll start soon. I'll send the, the link out soon. You can start scheduling those. So. We were mentioning, um, you know, in mentor coaching and in the small groups, you're kind of learning from other coaches. Um, What do you think you're seeing like style wise from other coaches? And what would you say your coaching style is if you could pin it down? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Because I think back to like even the boot camp coaching when you're coaching in a small group and some coaches have a lot more like emotion in it, even though. We tend, we try not to like carry emotion into it. Just like their questions, you can tell they have a lot more emotion in it. I'm more of a touch love kind of person. So I don't feel like I have as much emotion, like no fluff questions. And I know JR does not teach that, but you can just tell it. Some, some people's questions are a little more soft or gentle. I would say my style is not soft or gentle, but I think that's just personality difference. Yeah, that's great. Um, thanks for pointing that out because. Although we all go through the same training, we all have the same core competencies, we have our own styles. And we actually talk about that a lot, the approach. What is your approach to coaching? And one of the books that we mentioned in almost every class is Brian Elwood, Nail Your Niche. And part of nailing your niche is knowing yourself and who do you want to coach? And so for you, you want to coach no BS people that want to achieve. They want to wander around the room aimlessly. And in your pre-coaching, you're having that conversation. Hey, this is my style. Tell me what you're expecting. 
yeah, I think that we can work together. I know you're in the middle of your military career, or maybe you're beyond the middle, you and your husband. If you look back five years, what advice might you give yourself five years ago that you now know? Get a job. <laughs> um, I, I got married really young. I got my bachelor's degree in health sciences, and then I have stayed home with my children. And I have volunteered my life away. I volunteer for a nonprofit I have for over five plus years. I volunteer at the kids at school. I volunteer within the military. I don't regret any of that, but I do regret not having something for myself, something for me to feel achieved about. So I would say, like, find your passion or find a job, find something to give you your purpose. Otherwise, you're going to get lost in the rest of your life. Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for being vulnerable for our audience. It's ironic that you say that because I'm here in Australia with one of my mentors and coaches. And we were having this exact conversation yesterday, but about the commercial civilian world. So it isn't just a challenge in the military. It's a challenge in Australia, in the UK, in the United States for all spouses that have at one point or another been a stay-at-home spouse. And that was her advice exactly. She goes around the world telling stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, get a job because uh, you need your independence. You need that security. So thanks for that. Yeah, I think I, uh, I didn't realize that because we were in the stage of like, I'm a military spouse. I'm raising my kids. My husband's job's unpredictable. This is what's best. But in all of that, like I've lost myself. I lost who I was because I was doing what my husband needed or what my kids needed. And that's like the biggest thing is I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. No, it's obviously different for every family, right and wrong. That's, that's part of what you and I learned in our coaching. Lucas is a coach as well. So he learned the same thing. Everybody gets to build their own house of leadership and what's right for them might not be right for you. It very likely isn't because we're all on a different journey. So speaking of that idea that taking time for yourself, if, if you have a family, that's not necessarily selfish and, you know, it's, it's necessary for adults to have that time. Do you have any techniques or, you know, strategies that you use to carve that time out? No, I'm actually super horrible about it. If I'm being completely honest, I have recently like basically hit rock bottom in that area of like, okay, I have nothing left of myself to give. And so I'm trying to learn all that in this moment. And I think that's why I have such a drive to become a coach and be my own boss and do what I want is to give me that like, okay, this is my time to do what I want to do and not have anyone else's concerns or well-being on my plate at this moment. So I have no advice for that, except for it's very important. And I've learned the hard way. Because I've been married to my spouse for 12 years. She's been in the military for 17. I have four kids. My oldest is 11. My youngest is three. And I never did anything for myself. And I definitely see the problem there now. You mentioned a few minutes ago, you're trying to figure all this out. So if you don't mind, Lucas and I are going to coach you for a couple of minutes. Oh, I'd love it. I would love it. Okay. We'll, we'll tag team you. So you mentioned you're trying to figure this out. What are you trying to figure out? I'm trying to figure out how to be a successful coach while still being a mom with all those responsibilities and a wife. 
with all those responsibilities and not letting any one of them like hit the ground, which I'm not sure that's possible. I think something has to, but I don't know why. So you, you mentioned, um, things, you know, hitting the ground in that kind of worst case scenario. What, what does the best case scenario look like for you? What is success in balancing these things? I would say success would look like being a successful coach, like bringing on leaders that I mesh well with, that I can like fit into my schedule and feel like I am giving them 110% of me in those times while also still being able to show up for my kids, meet all their needs, plus not even be the best wife, just be a good wife where I can show up for him as well. Because I get like, I can't put all, you know, like I'm trying to do three different things here. I can't say I'm going to be the best at any one of them, but I would hope that in those moments that I am coaching, that I could be the best coach possible. Okay. And we're all on a lifelong journey to mastering this craft. So it's not unusual at all that um, you would say that. So you've mentioned, whenever anybody mentions a spouse and children, that's usually a loud whisper for us. And so I'm going to make the assumption that family is very important to you. And I think you would support that hypothesis. Um, so which of those three would you like to focus on in the, in the few minutes that we have together? Family, spouse, mother, or anything else? Or even coaching? Oh. I feel like right now my pull is coaching. Like I feel like I really need to develop this um, in that maybe developing this will give me a healthy balance to the other things because uh, it's recently been pointed out to me that my kids get too much of me. So I think it's time to like put that energy into something I want to do, which would be coaching. Okay. So um, with that in mind, what actions are you taking to grow your coaching practice? Um, currently I am literally asking almost any, anybody that I kind of know, but don't know super well, if I can coach them. Um, I will even ask my friends, like, do you know anybody I can coach? Like, I just need to practice coaching. So I'm trying to put it out that way. I'm also, um, trying to get up the nerve enough to put it out on social media. For some reason that really scares me. Like, I'm like, I don't want to put myself out there, like even on my personal pages. Um, but I hope to do that soon to have like enough confidence in myself to put that out there. So just based on that, you know, the social media as a, you know, a short term attainable goal or what is exactly is the, what's keeping you from going forward there? Oh, I feel like once you put it out there, everybody knows. Um, whereas like right now it's like my close family, friends, you know, people I see on the regular basis. Um, as I'm sure you guys know, like social media has a lot of people on it and, um, kind of a fear of like judgment, like, Oh, why does she think she can coach? Mm -hmm. I think that's, what's really stopping me is the fear 
So I'm envisioning you standing on the top of the 10 meter tower and now you're hesitating to jump. Um, how can Lucas and I help you step off the tower? I think like, I just need you guys to push me off the tower. <laughs> I thought I was going to do it. Oh, um, I, I'm not sure. I know. It's, it's fantastic. Cause my husband is probably my biggest cheerleader in all of this. Like he's like, just do it. Um, but he's a recruiter. So he knows all this stuff so he can just do it. I don't know what's stopping me. So I can't, I can't even say like, what can you guys do to help me? I, I don't know. I'm just so scared of like judgment for it. When, when you see, um, on your social media, for example, somebody posting about their business or, you know, or a success or something, what, how do you feel? What do you think? Oh, I'm so excited for them. I'm like, look at them killing it. They're doing it. Like they, totally believe in themselves and they're just like running with it um and i i think it's great like i love supporting especially like small pop-up businesses or any of that i'm like that's great let's let's do that when it comes to me it's it's different <laughs> so i'm thinking of the next powerful question i could ask about you because in in some ways the coaching practice is the ghost in the room you're you're my leader i'm coaching you Oh yeah, we. we're coaching you. And I heard I've heard you mention fear. I heard you say that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm interpreting from that is you have some self-limiting beliefs. Oh, without a doubt, yes. Okay. What would it take to shatter that limiting belief? Uh, probably jumping off that 10 meter tower and seeing that like what's the worst that's going to happen okay so you know as your coach I'm your accountability partner correct oh yeah yeah, yeah. I do know that <laughs> and I want to drive into some specificity okay so what could you commit to you and I are going to be together on Next Wednesday, yeah. what could you commit to doing between now and next Wednesday to get your feet wet? Uh, I would say posting on social media, like taking the leap of faith and just seeing what happened, which is really scary. It's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I so knowing we have that goal in mind by next Wednesday, is there anything? that you need to do to prepare in the next coming days? Um, I guess, actually, I should ask you guys this. How do you label yourself just as a coach? Yeah, good question. Um, you're reminding me of James Clear's Atomic Habits. And part of creating Atomic Habits is to begin to identify as that thing or that person. So, yeah, I do identify as a coach. Um, on many other things like you are, like Lucas is. But one of the identities I have is a coach. Lucas, how about you? Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if, if you were 
kind of pointing towards like, do I say I'm a you know technical coach or a, you know I coach military spouses specifically or I I don't think any of that will hurt if you don't have it all figured out right now. I think like just getting your feet wet with I'm a coach is going to be powerful. So if I could ask you, what is your why? I know that's cliche in the 24th year of the 21st century, but it's so relevant to starting this journey to know why you're calling yourself a coach or why you're getting out of bed and hanging a shingle starting this business. What's your why? I personally want to feel successful in a career. I'm starting a little late in a game. I mean, not super late, but um, like I said, I got my, I graduated with my bachelor's over 10 years ago. I've never used it. And I, once I went through this course, I just felt like, okay, this, this is what I can see myself doing long-term. Um, so my why would be like being successful in knowing like five years from now or 10 years from now, I can look back and be like, I did this for myself. I did this so I could be successful and I could live the life I want to live while still being a mom and being a wife. So that, that feeling of being successful, um, what, when have you felt that? I guess, could you describe it for me? Oh, that's hard. Um, I would say it's accomplishing your goals. And I know your goals, you're constantly making new goals, but um, I have felt it. Like I got married young and everyone thought I would not finish my degree. And I finished it in four years with honors. And I felt very successful there. Um, I have felt successful like as a mom. I just think that's coming to an end. And now I'm like, I need to find my next thing. So I would say like success would be accomplishing the goals I set out for myself. Can you name those goals for us? I know that's a yes or no, not a coaching question. But I know you're engaged, so you're going to answer for me. Maybe. I, I am going to answer. Actually, this is fantastic because I've been working on like short-term goals and long-term goals just to kind of give. I'm a checklist person, so I like to be able to like, cross things off my list. And I would say, like, currently my goal is just to find even five people to, like, pitch myself to. Like, not even five people who want to be coached, but five people who I can be like, hey, can I coach you? This is why coaching is so fantastic. Um, just having, like, five people to do that to that are not my family or my close friends, like, five outside of my circle. Um, and then my goal would be to get, like, two of them to, like, actually let me actively coach them. So those are my short-term goals for like the foreseeable future or my goal. I guess that's one goal, but it's a big goal. Yeah. And it's the one you brought into the room. So let's, if you don't mind, focus on it. So between now and next Wednesday, how many of those outreaches do you think you can accomplish? So I currently have three in mind, like three that I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to approach them and ask them. Um, the other two I still need to work on, but I feel like you guys putting this pressure on me is a really good thing because I'm actually going to actively try to search out two more people. So hopefully between here and next Wednesday, 
I will post on social media and I'll have five people to talk about coaching with. I guess earlier we kind of identified the, you know, the short-term goal um, going on social media, you know, announcing yourself in some way. Does that also align with, you know, the goals that we just talked about? Does that give you, in other words, could your action um, kind of kill two birds with one stone there? Uh, Yeah, actually, you're right. It totally could. And it could give me, fingers crossed, more than five people to sell it to. Um, And maybe that would be just a little jumping off the platform and getting my feet wet, but also accomplishing my goals at the same time. I, I I led too much. <laughs> too much to yeah, thank you. Thank you for that help. <laughs> What's the relationship between social media and these three goals? That would be <laughs> um, Yeah, that's why we're all on a journey to mastery. We're not none of us are perfect coaches. So the classic uh ending question that we teach and always, always, always suggest you do it at the end. Ask your leader, what in these few minutes we've been coaching you have you discovered about yourself? Oh, it's obvious that I'm like my worst critic, that I'm holding myself back. Like telling you guys these goals, I'm like, oh, they sound so attainable. They sound so easy. But why am I not doing it? Yeah, great. All right. Thank you very much for your vulnerability and uh I think this session is going to be very valuable to our listeners and and viewers. So we'll stop, stop the coaching right there. And then uh, thank you for being here. I think it's going to be tremendously valuable. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.